And welcome everyone to episode two of Chasing Campfires. I am Nick and I am still here with Tommy. <laughs> still here. Um, Tommy, we just got back from a trip. Where did we go? We went out to the Lincoln National Forest in New Mexico near Cloudcroft um, for a four day, three night trip with a big group from Overland Bound. It was pretty nice getting out of the Texas heat. Mm-hmm. And enjoying some nice, cool temperatures and some fresh mountain air. Yeah, we had about uh, eight rigs with us. Um, few familiar faces, few new faces. Um, for all of you that are listening, that join us on the trip, uh, thank you for coming. It was it was a great trip. Made a lot of really good memories with you guys and girls, um, and. Uh, made some new new friends too phil and claudia thanks for joining us on your this leg of your journey um they came from florida to central texas yeah. and met up with us uh one morning and cruised with us out and spent a few nights with us and then um i think they went up to colorado yep after that yep yeah thanks for joining us it was a lot of fun Thank and thanks thanks everyone for joining us we uh had a really good time with with everyone um Let's take a second to talk about that first campsite. Well, we, okay. So night one and three, we got the same campsite and you knew about this site from a previous trip. I hadn't, I hadn't been out there. Um, on an unnamed road, (laughs) unnamed road, a road that's not even on the map. Yeah. Clint Eastwood would love this. Yes. The the road with no name. Yes. (laughs) Um, unnamed road, unmarked campsite, but damn, I mean, when we pulled up, I mean, there was, you know, you remember that, that site's at a slight incline. Um, I remember kind of nestling the Jeep up, backing it up to your truck and then just walking over to that clearing. And it was basically, uh, to paint a picture, um, basically on a cliff, um, overlooking Alamo Gordo, white sands in the distance. And then I believe it was the San Andreas mountains. That is correct. Yeah. Um, jaw-dropping campsite it was it's an amazing spot for sunsets yeah um because the sunset set, sets right there over white sands and you get some awesome colors mm-hmm. and with i think with the uh some of the forest fires that were down down in new mexico a little bit further away from us we were getting a slight haze which really helped with the color in the sky it, yeah the honestly man yeah i i was a little worried about that not because you know, it would make a difference for me personally if there was a haze, <laughs> but, um, I was testing out some new camera gear. Um, and it, it the sunsets were amazing. And it, with the, the cool part about that site was, um, white sands was only visible, uh, at certain times. So when the, when the sun got low enough, uh, on the horizon, you couldn't see white sands at all. Now you had to know it was there to, yeah. to, to see it. Yeah. And we got the same site back on night three, which I think I expressed how surprised I was and my gratitude for it not being marked because, it, man, that's just one of those sites that uh, you it kind of it's tattooed in your brain. It is, yeah, it and is. It's like if I go back there and I'm not with you or the group that we travel with, um, I'm certainly going to try and get that site back. Oh yeah, for sure. And there's a few other ones on that 
on that unmarked road too that are pretty cool. But I think that one tops everything in the Lincoln National Forest. Period. Yeah, and at least and, everything I've seen. Yeah, and and the interesting part was we did have some concerns about the size of the group we had in finding a suitable campsite, and there was a, a another campsite kind of adjacent to it that shared the same view, and there was kind of like a uh, almost a walkway between the site we stayed at and where Phil and Claudia set up camp. Well, I think they tucked into there. I don't think you could get another vehicle back there. <laughs> no, no, no. But, but ironically, and, and to my surprise, there was enough room for, for everyone. Um, it was a tight site, but, uh, it was cozy. It was very cozy. <laughs> and, um, let's talk about campsite number two, because yep. there were, there were a few lessons learned there. Campsite number two, we rolled in uh, to about about five or six o'clock on Saturday night or afternoon after driving for about eight hours um, down West Side Road. We did a, a section of the BDR, the New Mexico BDR. That was the backcountry awesome. discovery route. Mm-hmm. It was great. It was a lot of fun, but everybody was getting tired after driving 15, 10 to 20 miles an hour. On rough gravel roads for that long, um, and we did a little hike, but uh, we rolled in and we were just tired, so we picked out a spot. And uh, it, it was a high ATV traffic area, and we happened to set up right next to a sweet little jump for ATVs on the gravel roads. Yeah. So we had lots of dust, lots of noise. Well, the wind. So so we drove up to that lookout tower. Is that a fire lookout tower? Or That's what? a fire lookout tower. That's a Sacramento fire lookout tower. Mm-hmm. And it is at an, about 9,400 feet. Yeah. And I think, you, so the entire group drove up there. And then if I remember correctly, you and I set out to scout a campsite. And we were about, I would say, 30 to 40 minutes into the forest on that service road. And the amount of full-size campers and fifth-wheel trailers that these guys got back there and the level of commitment that they had was uh, honestly i i'm i'm shocked oh yeah because the road's not very wide in a lot of spots and uh it's rough we saw motor coaches and we saw a little nissan ultimas so there was some dedication back there and uh this kind of brings around to another point that you can go camping in just about anything you have so if you have a nissan ultima and a tent and you can go back there and go camping. Just watch what you're doing when you're driving. Yeah. I think, um, that's a good point. I think a lot of people get caught up in the Instagrams and the YouTubes and seeing fully the, built out rigs, you fully built out rigs, sprinter vans and earth roamers and land cruisers and rooftop tents. And everyone's like, well, I have to spend so much money just to do the thing. And it's not true. I mean, I remember, I think when you and I first started hanging out, you had a tent that you set up in the bed of your truck. That's correct. And I was like, man, that's a lot of work. And, and you're like, we talked about before your truck is two wheel drive. Yeah. And that's not a factor. And I think a lot of people get hung up on that. And yeah, I think- you don't need to be triple locked <laughs> in a Tacoma or a forerunner or an old land cruiser to, to get somewhere. Yeah. And, and I think my 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 Rubicon is a perfect example of that. So it's like we talked about two and a half inch lift, thirty sevens, like fairly dialed truck, 
you know, front sway bar disconnect from the Rubicon front rear locker. I didn't use four wheel drive once. Actually, that's a lie. We were on West side road. You looked up to that hike that we did and you came over the radio and said, we should drive up there. And that was the only time I threw the truck into four wheel drive the entire trip. That was until we got a little closer and I looked down the trail about 50 feet and it narrowed down to a hiking trail. So yeah. we, we weren't going very far. Yeah. That was, uh, <laughs> that was a JK LOL moment <laughs> that, and then we, we quick, quickly determined that that was going to be a hike, uh, which was awesome. Oh, it was a great hike. Great I hike. Mean, oh, that was Calico peak. Yeah, dude. The view from that white was, sands up there was neat. sick. That was pretty neat. We were a little lower in elevation, actually a lot lower. We were about 2,700 feet from where we camped mm-hmm. and we woke up that morning. So we yeah. did quite a drop in elevation. It was a lot warmer down there, but it was a really cool change of scenery for a few hours. Yeah. Let's, let's get back to that campsite. So you and I, like I said, you and I set out uh, from the group to scout a campsite. We found this clearing in a valley, um, pretty flat, real open. And we were all tired. We said, screw it. We're going to camp here tonight. I remember setting up camp and you and I were cursing back and forth at the wind and the ATV traffic. No, it wasn't the wind for me necessarily. It was the ATV traffic. Oh, it was the wind for me. You had an issue with the wind. Tell everybody what you decided to bring solely to try and camp in for the first time. Well, thank you for putting me on the spot. <laughs> um, I brought, I have an ARB awning. And I like to pack light and I'm a minimalist. So I've got my awning room and I said to myself, Hey, how, how convenient would it be to just throw the, the awning room in the, in the truck? And, uh, that's, that's my tent. And, um, I, I won't do that again. It, it, it was a bear, even at a calm campsite for, you know, nights one and three, it is so much work to set up just to camp in. Um, and (laughs) night number two at that campsite, the wind was so bad. Um, we were pretty, pretty on the fence about that site as as it was. So we started the setup camp and my awning turned into a sail and, and flew over the Jeep. And, uh, I think I may have pissed off a family or two down the trail who was camped, um, few expletives were, were let out. Yeah. But I don't know if you could hear that over the ATV traffic at, yeah. yeah. And the wind howling. Yeah, good point. However, we set up camp and the wind died down completely. We were around the fire, clear skies, clear skies. The Milky way was, was out. And then, uh, we had a few drinks. We went to bed around 10 30, quarter About of 11 30. Yeah. Yeah. Old people bedtime. Yep. For um, sure. It was a long day. And then the elk, started talking to each other and they went all night long. That bugling was amazing (laughs) to fall asleep to. That was unreal. Um, that's, that's one of those stories that's, that's handed down. I mean, in my opinion, that's, that's, that's a night I'll never forget my last fleeting thought before I passed out for the night. Um, thanks to a few wobbly pops was, uh, (laughs) the elk just screaming at the moon. Um, I, I was just, mummied up in the sleeping bag and i was like what in the world is that noise and then i was like you idiot the elk the elk it was and 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 the next morning not only was was it frozen because it was about 27 28 degrees but that was the time i realized that we were camped 
around piles of elk scat everywhere. And I didn't realize it the night before. The wind was blowing too hard to see it. The wind was blowing too hard to see the poop. That was the problem. That was really the problem. Um, I know that you, you've traveled a lot out of the Tacoma. Um, did you, did you learn anything on the trip that you figure out anything that you want to change? Did you learn anything new about, about your rig? Walk, walk us through that. The only thing I might want to change is, uh, is maybe move into a, uh, a fridge in the bed, maybe yeah. like a 45 quart fridge in the bed, just so I don't have to worry about ice. I do Same. have a great cooler that'll hold ice for a very long time. Um, but I think my rig is pretty dialed in right now. Um, I think I'm, I'm pretty good. I've, like you said, I've traveled a lot in it in the past two years. It's quite a bit. Been to, is it eight different states in the past two years? So I've had a lot of time to, uh, to keep dialing this thing in and it's an, yeah. and it's an ever changing evolution. So. Always, always, but suspension wise, camping gear wise, you're like, you're, you've got it pretty much figured out at this point. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, there's things I'd like to upgrade, of course, always. but you know, yeah. but the, uh, the wallet doesn't completely agree with it. So uh, yeah, well, <laughs> let's, let's talk about that. Um, so what did you learn besides your, your awning? Yeah tent or your awning room what about that cooler you brought with you i uh i had a yeti cooler stolen out of my garage um and i at the same night i also had a mountain bike stolen out of my garage so thank you criminals y'all suck um so you brought a cardboard box to keep ice in correct dude pretty much (laughs) i i i uh everyone who's in this space knows that the the word angle E N G E L. I am fairly familiar with their fridges. A couple of friends of mine run some older angle fridges. Um, and I bought an angle cooler for a hell of a deal. Uh, and there's a reason why it was a hell of a deal. Um, I remember every day we went into Cloudcroft for food or coffee. I had to get ice. Um, that cooler held ice for maybe six hours. Maybe, maybe, um, I was, every time we stopped somewhere, um, I was dumping water out of the cooler and, and it was, it was a bitch. Um, I think either another Yeti or, or a cooler, um, sorry, a fridge is, uh, is in my future. I also learned that, uh, those cheap monotube shocks that came with my JKS kit aren't just, they're just not going to cut it. Well, part of that's that solid front axle too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, West Side Road. Um, IFS has its place, especially hauling ass down the dirt road. And, and coming from a fifth-gen forerunner, you're right. I mean, you and I have done a couple trips. Uh, I've brought the forerunner. You, you had the taco at the time. And uh, the forerunner was great. I have nothing to, bad to say about that truck. Um, just, just some personal preference complaints. But uh, those monotube shocks that were on the Jeep um, – I did notice a lot of shock fade um, at at speed because um, there are some parts of the BDR that we're running that, I mean, we're running 35, 40 miles an hour, and then you're on the brakes with washboard coming around to turn on a shelf road, and then you're slowing down for, I you know, the, the trail condition would change from soft dirt to softball and baseball-sized rock to us slowing down a lot for on some technical hairpin, sections on hairpin and drives. the hairpins. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, so me being the buy once, cry once type, uh, I came home and I, uh, I bought a set of Kings. I thought uh, those are Queens. Queens. They might be Queens. They, I think they're the, the, the queen spec Kings, the princess kit. Cause that that's made for me. <laughs> the, the princess with the, uh, aching lower back after that day. Um, I, I bought, I bought a set of, uh, Evo off-road spec Kings, uh, with adjusters. They're actually going in tomorrow and nice. I'm pretty stoked. Very I'll, nice. Also bought a new set of wheels. Cause, uh, if you guys remember, I'm, I was running, uh, 37s, 37 by 12 and a half on the OEM Rubicon wheels. And, uh, I didn't air down as far as I should have. Cause I was worried about having bead issues. Yeah. And that was a fairly narrow wheel. narrow wheel too. It's like a seven and a half. Um, I bought the, uh, a set of the worn jackhammer wheels, which kind of look like some of the black rhino wheels. They're kind of mill specky utilitarian looking type deal. Um, they're nice. I like them. They look cool, which is the most important part. Um, but most importantly, it's they're, they're wider. So I can, I feel more comfortable airing down less than, than, uh, 20 PSI. I think 15 would have been my preferred pressure for that, for that trip. But other than that, Jeep was great. Um, everyone, you know, didn't, no one had issues on the trip, uh, vehicle wise, which is awesome to see. Uh, that's not something you want to see when you're knockwood, knockwood. remote. Yeah. Knockwood. Yep. Uh, but yeah. And, uh, I mean, you've been doing this for a while. Um, I think you've been, been doing this whole thing longer, a little bit longer than I have, but what, what, what got you into it, Tommy? Um, basically I, I camped a little bit when I was a kid, but, um, when I bought that Tacoma, I had no plans of off-roading or anything in it. And then um, I started doing a little bit of light off-roading um, and camping at the off-road park where we would go. Um, and then uh, the wife the wife mentioned something to me about wanting wanting to go camping as well. So we, we started looking at little spots and found out we love driving to these little backcountry campsites on private land, of course, because we're here in central Texas. But we uh, we just we fell in love with getting out there in the middle of nowhere, and I fell in love with really just exploring and seeing the backcountry that you don't see from the highway mm-hmm. or from a plane or from an airport or from a city. I like to get out there where there's no cell phone signal, and you can just really you can stop on the side of the road and think, and you don't see another soul on the so on the road for eight hours. Yeah, and it's amazing. I it's very relaxing. I've done a fair bit of backpacking growing up and camping um and uh there there are certain places you can get to um if you if you are on foot that you wouldn't normally get to if you're in a a camry right like not an established campground um but camping out of a i i don't want to say four-wheel drive vehicle but camping out of a vehicle with some ground clearance and some tire Clearance and tires is makes makes a ton of difference. It's yeah, I mean that's the differentiating factor. It right? is, um, but that gets you into more spots that you wouldn't necessarily be able to get into otherwise, uh, and that's 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 the cool part for me. Uh, it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and the desert is a holds a 
nice place in my heart. It, yeah, you uh, love the desert. I, I love the desert. Um, I try not to go to the desert during the middle of the summer because uh, I can't imagine why the Big Bend of Texas can get to be uh, pretty warm. So it's usually heading north into Colorado and uh, Wyoming, Montana, mm-hmm. Idaho. It's it's just a beautiful area, um, and you can go from desert terrain to very high elevation um, in a forest with pines and aspens all around you within an hour. Yeah. And it's really neat. So it's a cool, cool mix. Very cool mix. Yeah. No, I, uh, I I grew up in, in new England and you really, if you're, if you're because of the winters and the road conditions up there, you, unless you have a truck, a four by four of some kind, you're, you're really not going anywhere. Oh, my Tacoma wouldn't survive up there during the winter. No, no. I mean, it's not uncommon. I mean, they have travel bans. So when it snows, if you're, if you're caught on the road, you're getting pulled over They're they're, um, they're, they're towing your car and they're giving you a ride home. Um, because it's not uncommon to, to get, you know, two, three feet of snow and with a blizzard condition in the wind, uh, you, the, the road becomes invisible. Um, so, so growing up, you know, I had, a I think my, my first, uh, experience off-roading uh was my 93 jeep yj um with a i think it had uh about a three inch lift 33s and me and my buddies would just go wheeling and you would go out and you know you would throw your camp and stuff in the truck and you wheel all day when the sun started to go down you'd find a spot to camp and you'd either wheel back out in the morning or keep wheeling the next day and that was that was the weekend yeah that's awesome now we uh we we, we try and shoot for being homeless in our vehicle yeah how funny is that it is it's very funny my my first off-road experience was actually growing up on a ranch in lockhart and uh, uh i'd have to drive my brother and my sister down to the bus stop in the morning on our land we lived on about 80 acres and uh, the road was pretty rough because we never got it graveled in or anything so we had a 1988 Ford Escort wagon, two-wheel drive, bald street tires, and uh, yeah, I learned how to drive pretty well through the mud and rock in that car, so I think I brought a lot of that over to the Tacoma. I'm seeing said, a trend here, nice. the two-wheel drive trend. Yes, yes. You, you're glad I've just for stepped up from a, an Escort to a Tacoma. So. Well, slight slight difference, but still two-wheel yes. drive. I, <laughs> hey, man, I commend you. Uh, I don't I don't know that driver I would. Yeah, driver IQ. Yeah, driver IQ. That's for sure. Um, yeah, that's awesome. What uh, what do we what do we have planned coming up? Tell me. Um, the weekend of October second through the fourth, uh, we are hosting a chasing campfires camp out at Sulphur Springs Camp in Bend, Texas. So, um, if anybody wants to come out and join us, uh, we'll be, we'll be making fajitas one night. We'll be recording episode three from the camp location. Um, we're expecting as of right now, when I look this morning, it, we're expecting about seven to nine rigs. Nice. And, but there's and room out there for that. So it's oh, not there's really plenty of room. So there's not a limit on the size of group. Um, just come out and enjoy yourself. The fee to get in is $7 a night. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's fairly cheap. It's a great location on the Colorado river. So yeah. And I think you've all nice. told me to bring the scottle. Yes. Yeah. Which is yes. fine with me. Well, well, somebody's got to make fajitas. So, yeah, yeah, looks like I'm cooking. Um, so, do you have any trips solo planned coming up? I leave in a week. 
for Utah, Idaho, and Wyoming. Very fun. Uh, though I'm not driving. Um, reason being. Um, Lame. I know. I know, right? I wanted to. Um, but uh, uh, Kristen and I are heading out there um, to Utah for two days. Um, and then we're picking up my parents at Salt Lake City. Uh, and then we're staying in Jackson Hole. We're going to do some hiking through Grand Teton National Park and some fly fishing uh, in uh, the South Fork. Very fun. the Snake River. Yep. Very fun. Good time. And we, we kind of talked about um, – we I mean, we, we threw around ideas. I think we're getting stir crazy from this whole COVID bullshit. But we've been talking about Expo West. We've been talking about the America, American Adventurist – uh, rendezvous. Yeah. Doing a few little, uh, uh, events, um, maybe becoming part of those, uh, do, doing something with them. Um, we are going to have, if you're around here in central Texas or don't mind driving to central test Texas, we will have a trip, at least two trips. We can get away a month yep. around here. So keep an eye out for us on overland bound. Yeah. You're really active on there. I am not. Um, I am, um, at Mr. Protagonist, M R P R O T A G A N I S T. Um, just look for the chasing campfires logo. Um, I think we've dubbed you official trip leader. Yes. I I am the one that usually plans all the trips and gets everybody together. The unofficial official trip leader. (laughs) Um, but if, if there's a trip you guys see, feel more than welcome to, uh, to join us or feel, feel more than welcome to shoot us a message. More importantly, um, just let us know so we can bring enough food and beer. Yes, yes, exactly. Well, it's BYOB. But. Well, it is, but uh, you got to make sure you have extra. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, um, I mean, that's really all, all I have planned. I'm looking forward to uh, the trip next week. Looking forward to uh, doing a lot of local stuff uh, around this area through the winter, and then I'm really looking forward to doing some longer trips in the spring. Um, like we said, Expo maybe. American adventurous stuff, maybe. Yeah. Oh, Big Ben's a good candidate for any time from from November till till April, yeah. and it's it's not that far from home. It's only a short seven hour drive, so I mean you can be out there pretty quickly. Yeah, and, not bad. I um, mean that. I mean our our drive to to Cloudcroft was what eight and a half nine hours. Nine hours to Cloudcroft, and then another forty five minutes down to the campsite. So it's really not that bad. I don't count that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Once you're in the mountain, you're on mountain time. So yeah. everything fades off, but yeah, I, I do have a trip planned to big bend with the wife. We're going to go out there and instead of doing a nomad camping trip and traveling across a bunch of States and putting on a bunch of miles, we're going to go out to Turlingba ranch and, uh, spend a good healthy 12 days and just set up at one spot and relax. That's awesome, man. That sounds like a really good trip. You've been talking about that for a while and, uh, the, as the unofficial official trip leader, you and, and your lovely wife plan a lot of really cool trips. Oh, you have to hit, you have to get out of the city. Yeah. You have to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is there uh is there anything else you want to add, Tommy? I think we're just about done here. I think we are just about done. Um, we will be recording, like I said, uh, or like we said, our next, uh, our next episode, episode three, um, at from, from camp. Yep. At, at Silver Springs Camp, we'll get that edited and posted up whenever we get back. Um, and we plan on having a guest. Um, our good friend Rex. The, our good friend Rex. He'll be on to talk about uh, police Tahoes <laughs> and radio communications and uh, the building of teardrops and yep. 
and just fun stuff like that. I so love camping with Rex. He's so a wealth of knowledge. To, so tune in next time and get some uh, get some radio communication, some ham GMRS yep. knowledge behind you. Yeah. Not that there's not enough of that, but it's really interesting to hear other people's perspectives. And like I said, Rex is like an encyclopedia. Yes, he is. Um, yes, he is. So we look forward to having Rex on next time. And um, we look forward to you guys tuning in. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. That wraps up episode two. Episode two. And we will uh, we will see you next time. See ya. Oh, God. How do we shut this thing down?